I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life Changing Wellness episode number 89. Today, we talk with James Templeton, who overcame terminal cancer, a truly inspiring, life changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life Changing Wellness. Life Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Welcome back, everyone, for this week's podcast of Life-Changing Wellness. And before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me. And I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look at my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Today, my guest is James Templeton, a 30-year cancer survivor who healed himself from a terminal diagnosis with the use of alternative medicine and healing modalities. He has chronicled that journey in his book, I Used to Have Cancer, How I Found My Own Way Back to Health. And as the visionary founder of the Templeton Wellness Foundation, James has since utilized his wisdom and experience to helping others achieve optimal health and wellness. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you, Ward. It's great to be with you today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I want to know something. I know that in your early 30s, although you were very big in fitness and you were a runner, you were diagnosed with stage 4 melanoma. So that must have come quite a bit of a shock to you. And what was your response to the diagnosis? Well, I'll tell you, you know, it was quite a shock. You know, I was a, a fitness fanatic because I was uh, concerned about heart disease. My father and my grandfather both died at a young age of heart disease, and I didn't want to be next. So I got into the running, and, uh, you know, long story short, that uh, I ended up going to get a stress test because I was concerned about, you know, my own self. And I went to get the stress test, and the doctor said, hey, you passed Everything with, uh, you know, like you broke the record basically on the on the treadmill test. And he said that, you know, there's only one thing. He said, and there's a mole on your back. And, uh, you know, he said, I'd get it checked out. It's probably nothing to it. But there was something to it when I got it checked out. Long story short, through going to three different doctors, uh, it was uh, discovered that it was stage four melanoma. And uh, that was not good. Stage four, and you felt you felt nothing from being in stage four at all? Well, what had happened, you know, I didn't realize it because I was r- tired all the time. All this exercise and running and everything I was doing made me tired. And I, I had the flu a lot, and I had colds and, and a lot of sinuses going on. But, you know, I didn't think anything about it. You know, I just thought that I was, you know, I had to get, you know, tougher. I had to, uh, you know, run harder and exercise more. and I even kind of thought it was because at that point I was 30, over 30 years old, that when you get to be 30 years old, that, you know, that's probably, that's probably the problem. You know, I was just getting older and that's just how it was. <laughs> well, what were the conventional cancer treatments uh, that you uh, underwent to try to beat it? Well, what had happened is, is when I went to the doctor, eventually I found a lump in my growing. At first they said, there's nothing you can do. You know, you can just uh, go home and come back every three months and we'll check things out, make sure everything's okay. But, and, you know, they said, don't worry and all that, but that's all you do is worry the whole time. And when you start reading a little bit, we didn't have the internet back then. And I started to read and found out that this, this cancer that I had was very serious. 
and that it could spread to other parts of my body. So when I found this lump in my groin, uh, I knew that I needed to get it checked out, and the doctor decided to go ahead and do surgery, and he went in and did the surgery, and he, when I woke up, I knew I was in trouble because, uh, you know, the, I had all these bandages there on my, in my groin, and the doctor comes in and he tells me, he says, you know, I'm sorry, but the cancer spread. It's not something we wanted to happen, of course, but he said it had spread. I think that we need to do 80 chemotherapy treatments, and I'd like you to do experimental chemotherapy treatments. And he said that this chemo is the only thing we know to do because we're going to elevate your temperature, and it's it's a hypothermia treatment. They'd elevate your temperature to between 104 to 105 almost, and then they would induce the chemotherapy through IV. So this would take, you know, he wanted me to do 80 treatments. He also said to me that, you know, since we did all this lymph node removal in my growing, all, I mean, all the major lymph nodes, you're going to have to do a lymph drainage pump every day, and you'll have to do treatments on that. And that's going to take several hours a day because we don't want you to have lymphedema and, and end up losing your leg. Well, I didn't want that to happen. And uh, he told me that I only had a 20% chance of surviving three to five years, in his opinion, if I could get through those chemotherapy treatments alive. So I, you know, I became very, very upset over that, of course, because I, I saw my whole life go down the drain there for a few minutes and and uh, realized that I needed to do something well, you know, really I, desperately soon. <laughs> well, tell us about, you actually had three miraculous visitors in a few days that directed you to a natural way of healing that ended up saving your life. Tell us that story. Yeah. Well, I was laying there and I was very desperate, you know, and I was, I, I just, had never been felt like this before, and I got a phone call, and the phone call was from a minister at a church that I went to, and he calls me up, and you know, just out of the blue on the phone at the hospital, and he he told me, he says, you know, James, he says, you can't give up, you got to fight like hell, you know, he he was just very encouraging, and he he got my attention, and he told me, he says, you know, you don't give up no matter what, you know, and. And I started to pray after that phone call, and I started to pray really hard. And I never prayed so hard in my life, and I felt like every cell in my body was praying. I felt an energy I'd never felt before. And uh, I guess it was because of the desperation, but I really, really prayed hard. And I tell you, about 20 minutes after that, that prayer, I got a knock on the door. And a, a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in seven years walks through the hospital door. And he's waving this piece of paper in his hand. And he comes in. He says, I heard you were in here from one of our old friends. And he says, I thought that I should come by. I was driving in the area, and something told me just to go on and stop by and deliver you this piece, this this uh, article that I have in my hand. And it was a book review about a guy that cured himself of cancer uh, using a diet. And the diet was a macrobiotic diet. Well, I'd never heard of a macrobiotic diet. I didn't know anything about it. You know, when you get sick, you go to the doctor. And that's what I had done. And I didn't know anything about this kind of diet. And this this book, this guy, you know, uh, did very well on this diet. And I had the friend of mine go get the book for me. And I read it. And I got very excited. 
And I knew that if this would work for him, why wouldn't it work for me? And I got very excited. I started to get hope because I'd almost lost all my hope and, and, uh, you know, didn't have, have any good outlook going forward. So the next day I got another knock on the door and it was my stepmother. And my stepmother came in and she had a book in her hand and it was a book about vitamin C and cancer. And it was written by Ewan Cameron and, uh, Linus Pauling. And it was about people that had terminally, uh, were terminally ill with cancer, and they did these studies on people taking high-dose vitamin C. And when they took this vitamin C, they would live a lot longer, and some of them would totally get over the cancer. Well, this got my attention. I got very excited. I felt like my prayer had been answered. I had two things I could do now. I had the diet, and I had the vitamin C. And I felt like, again, if it would work for them, why wouldn't it work for me? Well, the next day, I got another knock on the door, and it was my psychotherapist from the hospital. And the psychotherapist comes in, he says, can I talk to you? And he says to me, he says, I hear that you've been depressed, and, you know, we won't, you know, wanted to come in and talk to you and uh, see if I could help you in some way. And I said, yes, but I want to ask you a question. Have you ever heard of the macrobiotic diet? And he says, hold on a second. He goes and he shuts the door of the hospital room. He comes back to me and he says, you know, I have heard it, but you have to, to promise that you won't tell anybody that we talked to this. I don't want to lose my job, my pension. I've been here a long time, all that kind of thing. And he told me, went on to tell me, he said, I've heard a lot of good things about this diet. It's helped a lot of people. Uh, he says, uh, but it's a diet you have to really stick to. You can't cut any corners. You have to really bear down. He says, you got to do it the right way. He says, I tried. It didn't work for me because I couldn't stick with it. He said, it takes, <laughs> takes a lot of work, you know, and time. But I got so excited after that that I knew that I had found that hope and that, that energy that I needed to, to go forward and, and, uh, have have at least a strong chance of surviving well is it true that you really did sneak out of the hospital in the middle of the night i did you know i i was there <laughs> i was there and i i went ahead and did five chemotherapy treatments after i recovered from the surgery and all this time i'd been in the hospital and uh you know it was terrible stuff and uh long story short i left the hospital and then I got started on the diet the best I could on the macrobiotic diet and, and the lifestyle. But I ended up back getting more treatments, five more treatments, because I was going to do the vitamin C, the diet, and the chemotherapy. I thought if a little's good, a lot's better. So I'm there, and my body wasn't responding to the chemo, and the doctor comes in, and he says to me basically that it wasn't working for me, and that there wasn't anything else he could do. And he says that, uh, you know, if, if, uh, you know, he knew something else, he would tell me. And I asked him what would he would do if it was his son or daughter. And he says, I'd do the same thing. And I said, well, what about a diet or vitamin C or anything like that? Doesn't, can't that help me? He says, no, nah, no, that stuff's going to work for you. He says, don't, don't waste your time with that kind of stuff. And then, you know, it made me so mad. And he tells me, he says, well, you know, I told him, you know, I'm going to die from this chemo. You know, this stuff is just 
going to kill me the way I feel with this stuff. He says, well, you know, we're all going to die someday. And when he said that, you know, it just had me so frustrated that I raised up in that hospital bed and I was so mad that I pointed my finger at him and I said, listen here, you SOB. If I could get out of this hospital, I'd tear you apart. If I could yeah, get I agree out with that. Bed, not, yeah, I would tear you apart if I could get out of this bed. And I tell you what, I made up my mind right then. I am going to get out of this hospital. And, you know, I got my clothes at 2 in the morning on. I could barely walk, barely get around. It was so weak. And I basically crawled down the hall, down the stairs, and and, uh, and got in my car that had been in the parking lot for over three weeks and drove off. And, you know, I never looked back <laughs> after that. <laughs> and you're still alive, too. And either. <laughs> Well, well, describe for us a bit about the the special diet. I know that you embraced the microbiotic diet. So did you, when you got home, did you become very strict with the microbiotic diet and the vitamin C? Well, when I left the hospital, yes. I When I left that hospital, I decided I was going to go to war. I was going to go to battle. And if this didn't work for me, it wasn't going to work for anyone else. And I kind of had this feeling that I was going to scratch, claw, kick, whatever I had to do to just to, to beat this thing. And I was not going to cut any corners whatsoever. And what the psychotherapist had told me, the ones that do the best don't cut corners. They really dig in. They stick to the diet, the lifestyle. And that's exactly what I was going to do. And I did do that when I left. I got on this diet. And it, you know, it took me a little while to get it all, put it all together, but it didn't take me long to get started. And I tell you what, it, it, it was remarkable for me at that point in time. And my body really started to detoxify and, and it, it was, you know, great for elimination because of all the foods on that diet. And, and it helped to restore my gut flora, which I later discovered was 80% of my immune system. And yes, it was wonderful in the lifestyle and the, and the, visualization that I did and the meditation I did and and I I learned to walk and de- and do deep breathing and I didn't I got away from the running eventually and of course I couldn't run then because of my my leg you know it took a long time for that to heal up but uh, you know it was it was remarkable the turnaround and and the vitamin C and I started to take 20,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day in that study they had said 10,000 milligrams you know, orally. Well, I thought, well, I'll do double. So a little good, a lot's better. So I did that. But that was remarkable, the way I felt. Just using that vitamin C, it was unbelievable. Well, how long did it take you to be considered cancer-free by the medical establishment? Well, I, you know, I didn't go back to the medical doctor for a while because I was so just so kind of off with everything the way things ended and uh i would say probably about two years or so that i when i went to the first doctor and really got checked out that i found that you know i was in really good shape i hadn't had any more uh, problems uh no more lymph node issues uh nothing like that and you know i just uh found a doctor that was uh, holistically minded uh I guess you could say, as they do nowadays, more integrated, you know, as far as the natural approach and 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 uh, conventional medicine. Did you ever did you ever run into the original doctor that just basically just told you to go home and die? 
you know, I never did. He called my ex-wife uh, two years later and wanted to know if I was still alive. And uh, I think she said something like, yes, he is. No thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no thanks to you. Well, I mean, that sounds terrible. And I'm not against, you know, conventional medicine totally. Because it probably did help me some of the things. Maybe the surgery helped me. I don't know. But I wasn't going to stick around that hospital to find out, you know. Well, yeah, and 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 I want everybody to know too that yes, there there is a reason to go see a doctor. I mean, a diagnosis is something that uh, you'll need to find out if there is something wrong with you. But James, I am in agreement with you. I have visited cancer hospitals, and I literally want to choke everybody there before I leave because the things that they say to patients is absolutely mind-boggling. And if if you've taken the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm, you may want to really study that a little bit more and not to do emotional harm to someone that's going through a battle. And uh, I could just preach on that forever. But I want to know something. What is this collagen connection that you discovered that, what stops cancer in its tracks yeah i discovered this later on you know because i was doing all this vitamin c and i didn't know a lot about it but i did do very well and it was remarkable i could tell that that did did a lot a lot for me but later down the road i discovered a study you know i was a big fan of linus pauling and he worked with a doctor uh, matthias uh rath and yes. they did a study a 15-year study, and you're probably familiar with Dr. Rath. But, oh, yes. Uh, he he did a study with Linus Pauling, started it out, and uh, Linus Pauling eventually died. And this study came out, and it showed that cancer was a collagen disease. And it, it really kind of confirmed all the things that I had found using vitamin C. And uh, it showed that, you know, that uh, cancer can't spread when it can't get through the collagen, through the connective tissue. And high amounts of vitamin C in this study, they used vitamin C, lysine, proline, and EGCG in the study, which is a green tea extract. Right. And they showed that it stopped the cancer from spreading. It stopped the cancer from uh, being able to penetrate through this uh, connective tissue collagen layer. And when it can't spread, it doesn't, you know, 90, you know, 90 percent of the, the cancer deaths are caused from cancer spreading. And, you know, that's the problem. You know, you get cancer and if you can contain it in one area and it can't spread, it's not going to survive very well. Oh, well, then. Well, yeah, that I, I believe. Yeah, I agree with you there, because I know that a lot of people, you know, we hear the word metastasis, but at the same time, you know, for people like you and I, we know what the word angiogenesis means. The, most of the general public does not. And, you know, cancer cells have the ability to form their own blood supply. And if we stop that, that is also helpful. Um, yeah, and, and vitamin C does that. You know, high-dose vitamin C has been shown to do that in many studies. Was there a... Was there, well, was there a particular form of vitamin C that you used? Well, the vitamin C that I used at the time when I started, I didn't know anything about it. So I'd just go down to the health food store, and I was living in Dallas, 
And I would go to, to Whole Foods. Whole Foods was around back then. You know, that was kind of the beginning years of Whole Foods. And I would go in there and I would get a vitamin C. And the, the one that I found that I, that I did the best with was one that was a time-release vitamin C. And it had lysine and uh, magnesium. It was buffered, you know, with magnesium. But oh, yeah. the one I used was a time-release, so it slowly released the vitamin C through the day. And, uh, you know, then I didn't know anything about it. But now I know that lysine is very, very, very important because, you know, the body does not manufacture lysine or vitamin C. And uh, it's why it's so important to take it. It's hard to get this through a diet, enough through the diet. But what I discovered was that the lysine actually uh, destroys uh, nagalase, which is the enzyme that that the cancer cells use to penetrate through the through the uh, uh, collagen layers and metastasize, and so I found that to be very important, you know, to do. But the but the vitamin C, you know, I think uh, this was work for me, and I, you know, I started out using going to the health food store and just getting anything I could get, but eventually I found one that had that, and I found that that worked really well for me, and. Of course, nowadays I still take a lot of vitamin C, and I found that there's other ones out there that are, you know, up to 80% absorption, very close to an IV drip of vitamin C. And, wow. You know, and, and that I found that works very well, that have, have uh, in a powder form that I also use. So I mix it up a little bit, and I use, you know, the different forms of ascorbic acid was the, the one I originally used, and, you know, I... Um, I use different forms now, so it, there's, um, you know, uh, several different types that, that, that you can use nowadays. But I, I like something that's slowly released because, you know, vitamin C is water-soluble, and so it's going to, you're going to pee it right out, so you got to keep putting it in, you know, you can't just take it once a day, so I take it through the day. Well, what do you think are the major underlying and root causes of cancer? Well, the, you know, the real causes is, is, is the immune system is the main thing, but the immune system can't do its job because of all the toxicity levels that we're exposed to. And, you know, people are exposed to so many things, you know, like pesticides and household products are just loaded with toxins. They say there's over 85,000 chemicals that, that we're exposed to in our environment that we live in, you know, both inside and outside and, and you know, uh, just polluted air. And, and one thing I found that I think is one of the most important things that people need to rule out is, is their digestion. If they have anything going on, they really need to look into intestinal parasite issues. And parasites are one of the most immunosuppressive things that can go on in the body. And and then there's things like the fungus and yeast that are big problems because people are eating, you know, so much sugar. I think the average person, they say, eats 180 pounds of sugar a year. Oh, my and gosh. directly feeds cancer, and cancer thrives on it. And, and you know, there's so many things, you know, all the, the bad foods and the, and the glyphosates from the GMO foods from, from the herbicides and, like, you know, that are sprayed on the crops, and and so it's so important to eat organic food to allow that. And I think dairy. I'm not a big fan of a lot of dairy because dairy really creates mucus in your uh, lymphatic 
drainage and, and the cancer cells can get in that lymphatic and get trapped in there and create, uh, you know, uh, tumors. And, and so, you know, a lot of went, once I stopped eating dairy, you know, like milk, I used to be a big milk drinker. And when I stopped that, all those allergies I was talking about earlier, I mean, they just, they went away within a very short period of time. I mean, I grew up just, you know, sniffing all the time and sneezing and, and, you know, runny nose and this and that as a kid. So, you know, I think all that milk that I ate and probably all the cheese that I ate too didn't help me at all. But then, you know, it's, it's just being run down and it's not getting enough sleep. Eight hours of sleep at night is so important. And people have to regenerate. I mean, you, that's how at night, you know, you have to recover and, and get your immune system back up to where it needs to be because as you know, we all have cancer cells in our body, and our and our body is designed to eliminate those. And the, exactly now, you know, for you know, I, you know, I probably see ten to twenty terminal cancer patients a month, and you know, when I when I see them, you know, I can pretty much tell if they're going to fight it or if they're scared to death. Uh, but for you, what is the key question that every late-stage cancer victim or patient uh, should ask his or her doctor? Well, the thing is, is that when people get diagnosed with cancers like me, they're in shock. And, and you know, you it, it's the worst thing. The worst thing you want to hear is, I you have cancer. And when someone tells you that, you know, and the doctor is usually the one that tells you, uh, you know, you need to find out more about it because a lot of times when you, when, when they tell you that you're kind of there and you're sort of not there and you really need to, to listen and, uh, maybe make another appointment, go back and see the doctor, maybe have someone go with you, uh, because, uh, you need to get, get all the facts straight and you need to also get a second opinion and you need to ask the doctors, you know, what are my chances? of survival here you know what what do you think what's the treatment you know you have to determine whether uh, your insurance is going to cover it whether you're going to you know have to uh you know go into the piggy bank i guess and and uh, dig up a, a lot of money to to go through the treatments that they recommend or or is it worthwhile maybe they give you a 90 percent chance of survival you know with conventional medicine well maybe that's the way to go but if they give you a 20% chance like me or 10 or 30% chance or, or even a little, maybe even 40, maybe that's not so good sometimes. So maybe you need to start looking elsewhere. There's so much you can do nowadays. Uh, just because someone tells you that this is what they think from their experience, that doesn't mean that you have to be like that. I know so many people that have survived for many, many years with, with cancer like pancreatic cancer. You know, which is which is a death sentence. You know. Well, yeah, it's a one percent survival rate. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know people I've interviewed that have survived. They're doing great, and you know, if they can do it, if I can do it, you know, why can't someone else? And you know, fifty percent of more, I believe, is believing, and you have to believe. So you need to get sort everything out, see where you're really at. You know, be, you know, get a clear head, and and. Just go forward and know that, that, you know, it's all about the immune system. It's all about detoxifying. It's a, it's diet, detoxification, and supplementation these days. 
And well, where can all of my listeners learn? Thing. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. James. Yes. Yeah, uh, where can all of my listeners learn more about you and also the uh, Templeton Wellness Foundation? Well, you can go to I used to have cancer dot com, or you can go to the Templeton Templeton Wellness dot com, and you can learn about everything we're doing there. And uh, if you want to order the book, you can order it through I used to have cancer dot com, and you get the five supplements that I recommend. Uh, you know, to take and the ten favorite recipes that I think are very healthy and cancer-fighting recipes. And also, I give you a glimpse of my daily routine, the things that I do on a daily uh, basis and the habits that I have uh, uh, come to find over the years and the things that I think will help each person. Uh, thank you so much, James, for coming on to Life Changing Wellness. Uh, your story is an inspiration to millions of people out there. And ladies and gentlemen, Check out James Templeton online. Go to the templetonwellness.com. Buy the book. Read it. Uh, buy the book for someone who's going through their own cancer battle and be, be that support for them as well. And ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at radiomd.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds. Rate the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And now you can download my show on Spotify. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, and you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. Again, thank you for listening to the show. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.